That was impressive, wasn't it, eh? It's like, da, 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 da. Praise God. It is good to be in church. I don't know about you. I don't think there is any place quite on earth like church. Well, your enthusiasm is overwhelming. I don't think there is any place quite on earth like church. <laughs> everyone, everyone say church. Church. How many of you know you can't say, I, I, when I'm talking to some people, they're talking about church, they're like talking about church. You know? But how many of you know church is church? Church is alive. Amen. Alive. You're allowed to respond. You're alive. All right. Church is alive. All right. How many of you know, this is what it says, Genesis 28 verse 17. Uh, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. How many of you know this is the gate of heaven? This is where the downpour happens. This is where heaven touches down on planet earth. That's why we need to get our friends in the church. This is why we need to get our enemies in the church. This is why we need to get our in-laws and our outlaws in the church. We've got to get everybody in the church that they might have an encounter with God. Because how many of you know it's an encounter with God that changes everything? One encounter with God. Many of you know my story, our story, my story. I was 22 years of age, alcoholic poisoning, Aubrey Base Hospital, had one encounter with God and I was never, ever, ever the same. We need to get people into the presence of God. I gotta tell you, I'm glad to be here today. I seen, uh, bring greetings from Georgie Girl and uh, uh, she did text me this morning and say, please say hello to everyone for uh, her. And so, hello from Georgie Girl. And uh, she, yeah, I'll take it back. Hello, Georgie Girl. And, um, she sends her love, as does all of our leadership team down there. We, we, we love the covenant relationship we have with you guys. And, you know, it's really cool that you would teach it in the DNA course about who we are and our relationship. It's very, very sweet. And so I just want to say thank you. It's a great privilege for me to be here. Uh, I love our friendship. I love uh, being naughty with you guys. We, we sit around. We, we, we eat uh, chicken burgers that are just far too hot to eat, you know what I'm saying? And they've got chilies on them. What, what do they have on them? Uh, they've got... Ele- ele- whatever and uh, as, uh, some little pinos whatever they are and uh, it's like I'm sitting there talking to Alwyn Alwyn sharing these deep things the other night and I'm, I'm how many of you remember Dumb and Dumber yeah. one of my favourite movies of all time like Gone in the Wind is good but Dumb and Dumber that's a classic you know what I'm saying and it's that part where they've eaten the chilies and then they're squirting out the sauces into their mouth I felt like those guys you're talking I'm sweating and I'm pouring water in my face and uh, anyway Praise God. I just like it. I just like it. It is good to be here. How many of you think church should be family? Me too. I I honestly believe it should be family. And so I I haven't come to impress you today. I'm impressed by myself. I don't need to impress you. You know what I'm saying? I just turn up and I'm like, I'm going to have a good time whether you do or not. Because why? Because I'm in church. You know what I'm saying? You should have a good time in church. Amen. That's why we call ourselves Enjoy Church. When I was a kid, I used to go to Endure Church. You know what I'm saying? Hated it. It's like... Just another church service, whatever. But now I'm like, I'm going to have a good time. You're going to have a good time? Yeah? You're you're, you're cool, aren't you? You're cool. You got going on. What about my fish tank man? Praise God. Expect him to start swimming around, doing a few laps. Swimming around. (laughs) <laughs> I should have got more sleep last night. Would have been more. Anyway, how many of you are ready for the word? Yeah. How many of you believe Queensland needs to be saved? Yeah. As in, just so you know, we're all praying for the fires that are around this part of the world. We're, we just continue to pray for them. I believe Queensland should be saved. I believe New South Wales should be saved. I believe Australia should be saved. 
He said, I want to encourage you, go hard, go hard, go hard. It's in the old story, go hard or go home. We need to go hard. We need to reach people for Christ every day of our life. Turn with me, if you will, to Matthew chapter 9, verse 18. Once again, it's so good to be here. We're going to read from verse 18. It says here, as Jesus was saying this, the leader of a synagogue came and knelt down before him. My daughter has just died, he said, but you can bring her back to life again if you just come and lay your hand upon her. As Jesus and the disciples were going to the official's home, a woman who had a, had a hemorrhage for 12 years came up behind him. She touched the fringe of his robe, for she thought, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Jesus turned around and said to her, daughter, I, I like that part right there, daughter, straight away, it's like, bang, because of her faith, she's in the family. Daughter, be encouraged, your faith has made you well. And the woman was healed at that moment. Some translations say, at that very moment. When Jesus arrived at the official home he noticed the noisy crowds and heard the funeral music he said go away for the girl isn't dead she's only asleep but the crowd laughed at him when the crowd was finally outside Jesus went in and took the girl by the hand and she stood up the report of this miracle swept through the entire countryside I don't know about you, I love reading scripture. I love the stories that are in the Bible. I, 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 I love it. And I don't know, when, when I read it, I try to imagine it in my mind and, and let it come alive in 3D. And it's like, I see all the people and they're all doing this and, and they're bagging Jesus out. Oh, you're, you're smoking something. How can you say she's asleep? It's like, and you've got this whole ordeal going on and people are doing crazy things. And, and, and I love this story. This is one story that I love probably a little bit more than most because it is so packed with stories. Now, as I read the story, I'm not too sure what the real story is. Okay, how many of you can tell me what the real story is? Because it appears that there are stories within stories within stories. Is a story about the man's faith who came to Jesus because his little girl had died? Well, obviously it is. It's about the man who stepped down in faith. His girl is dead. How many of you are parents? Give me a wave if you're a parent. All right. How many of you know you're going to do anything if your child is just, you know, it's like you're in a state of craziness. And so is the story about his faith? Is the story about the woman's faith who, who pressed through the crowd? I think it's interesting because I feel for this girl. As in, in some ways, in some ways, because everyone refers to her as the woman with the issue of blood. Why don't we call her the woman who had great faith? I'm not too sure. You know what I'm saying? Because her faith is incredible. Is the story about the woman who had great faith? Uh, is the story about the little about Jesus taking the little girl by the hand and as a result seeing her come back to life? Well, I think as we look at the story, I think it's all about all of those stories, but maybe there's one story that gets way less airplay. Now, Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, we're going to get to what the other story might be in just a moment, because I do believe there's another story in the stories that we're reading. Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, by the way, I love the Filipinos, praise God. How many of you love the Filipinos? Spring rolls, that's all I've got to say, you know what I'm saying? Spring rolls. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Now you're excited, aren't you? A minute ago, you're really cool. And then I mentioned spring rolls, and you're like, all right, all right. I've met your sort before. All right. So Paul says to the Filipinos in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on. Everyone say, press on. I, I what? I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Now, most of us here at Downpour Church today would say amen to that. We're, we're pressing on. 
We're pressing on to lay hold of that for which Christ laid hold of us. I'm living on purpose. I'm living on mission to lay hold of that for which Christ laid hold of me. And we know that Jesus' life, it was also all about doing the will of the Father who sent him. In fact, in John chapter 8, verse 28, Jesus said, When you have lifted up the Son of Man on the cross, then you will realize that I am He and that I do nothing on my own, but I speak what the Father taught me. So Jesus is reaching for the God life. The God life. Not the good life, but the God life. I I don't know about you. I want to reach for the God life. I'm 54. I look like a 27-year-old. It's a cross that I bear. But... But no, I'm 54. My, the years are ticking by. And I, I promise you, I want to now more than ever, I want to become more like Christ and I want to do more of what, what I can do in God. I don't want to muck around. I don't want to play around. I want to reach. I want to press. I want to go after everything that God has got for me. Jesus is reaching. He's doing exactly the same. He's reaching for the God life, a life of love, a life of peace, a life of joy, a life of total freedom. I would think in this room today, we'd all be doing that. We're reaching for our God life, one of love, peace, joy, total freedom, with an end in mind. This is what Jesus was doing. He had, he's got an end in mind, a life where he might be living a life that brings glory to the Father. He wants to live a life that actually brings glory to God, glory to the Father. I want to live a life where everyone, they may, they may think I'm a little bit crazy, they may think I'm a little bit wacky, but somehow in the midst of this craziness, God is being glorified. I want to live a life that brings glory to God. Jesus was living a life and he lived on purpose to bring glory to God. I'm sure many of us are, are in exactly the same place today. We want to live lives that bring uh, glory to the Father through our words and through our actions. Now, Paul says again to the Philippians in chapter 3, verse 13, brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. I'm not there yet. Don't consider myself to have got there yet. Now, I'm in exactly the same boat. I'm pressing, I'm reaching, but I'm not there yet. And so Paul's Paul's here too. I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind me. Can I encourage some of you? You need to forget what's behind you. As in the the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know what I'm saying? Some of us have got great past. Praise God, it's your past now. Some of us have got negative, got all sorts of situations. You can't change it. So forgetting what lies behind, the good, the bad, and the ugly, the great victories. Sometimes it's your last victory that will prevent you from moving into what God's got for you because you're stuck in the victory. Sometimes it's your last defeat. You've got to let it all go. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And so it is that Paul finds himself straining and pressing towards the goals. He's, he's pressing and he's straining uh, towards the goal. Uh, many of us in this room today would be very familiar with th- this sort of life where we're pressing towards the goal, straining towards the goal. How many of you got some goals in, in life? Give me a wave, got some goals. Can I encourage you, if you don't have a goal, get a goal. Get a goal. Without a vision, people what? <laughs> They're dead, all right. They die. Without a vision, people die. It's like, it's like we've, got, we've got to be up and about, living on purpose, living a life of faith, reaching for the goal, reaching for the prize. We're moving forward. We have our God goals, no doubt about that. But I think it will be true to say that many of us in this room also have our own goals. We've got our God goals and we've got our own goals. That may be partially God, partially us. Goals that are not contrary to the will of God, 
Goals that, in fact, could actually be part of God's will for our lives. So we've got our God goals that are very specifically and deliberately, this is God's will for my life. But then we've got all these other things and we've got goals and, and things that are before us that we're pressing towards. And so it is that we strain and we press towards all these goals, including winning the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So now we're all busy. Praise God. How many of you know that is the word? When you ask someone how they're doing today, what are they going to say? They're busy. We're all busy. How many of you are not busy? We're all busy. Everybody's busy. As in, remember when computers, you probably, you, you weren't around when computers, you're too young. All right. So, but when they introduced computers on planet Earth, wasn't the promise to all of us that we were going to have more time? Liar! <laughs> they just, they're taking over our lives. And now we can't get away from the office. It used to be, you know, you get a computer, it's going to save you more time in the office. No, now the office goes home with you. Now the office goes to bed with you. Now the office is in the car with you. Everywhere you go, you've got the whole office with you. So now we're all busy, busy, busy. What are we doing? We're pressing and we're straining towards spiritual, emotional, physical, relational, financial, family, ministry, business, study, and personal goals. And it's all good. Just so you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not coming to say you shouldn't. No, 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 no. It is all good. Now, when Jesus was, Jesus was on his way to pray for the little girl who had passed away, he was pressing towards that for which God had purpose for him. I don't know about you, I actually believe that there was the will of God. The man who had the faith to go to Jesus and say, Jesus, I need you to come pray. How many of you know, the man was stepped out in faith. It was part of God's plan for Jesus to actually go and pray for the little girl. So while Jesus is on his way to pray for the little girl who had passed away, he's pressing towards that which God has purposed for him. But I have no doubt that he realized, and this is the point today, that he realized that while he was on his way, there was a great work for him to do. Great work for him to do. Could it be that while you're on your way, there's actually a great work for you to do? Could it be that you've got goals? Yes, they're God goals and they're natural goals and they're family goals, they're physical goals, they're emotional goals, they're spiritual goals, financial goals. Could it be that as you are on your way to fulfill the goals that God has got for you and you've got for yourself, that there is actually a great work for you to do while on your way. Sometimes we're thinking it's like, I, I'm here or I'm here, meaning I'm setting out to uh, head towards the goal or I'm achieving the goal. But could it be that as I step out every day in faith on my way, God has actually got a plan for me also? Could it be that God has got a great work for me also? Could it be that, that actually on the way is as great as <laughs> the, the final destination? Could it be that the purposes of God are not meant to happen one day at the end of my life or one day in that moment, but could it be that every day of my life, God would have me intersect with humanity, intersect with society, intersect with my community, that I might achieve the God plans that God has got for me, even the ones that I don't know of, even the ones that I don't know of. I think it's interesting, it's like, as Jesus is pressing through the crowd, all of a sudden he turns around and it's like, who touched me? Who touched me? I don't, know, I don't know about you, I think about this story all the time. Did Jesus really not know who touched him? Did, was it by chance that Jesus walked down that street that day? He, which way should have he gone? 
You know, I imagine he said to the, 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 the guys, because there was no maps on his iPhone, you know what I'm saying? So he probably said to the guys, all right, all right, I've got to get to this guy's house. And I, this guy, here he is here, and some of his little girls, there, which way should we go? Someone yells out, can we get some KFC on the way? And I was like, so, oh, you want KFC? So that one wants KFC. That guy wants Hungry Jacks, and we've got to work out which way we're going to go. And so Jesus going down the streets, they're walking down the streets, and I've got a feeling he's like, we need to go down this straight, cause, uh, street, because I've got an appointment down here. And they're like, no, no, the KFC's over there. Hungry Jacks is over there. No, no, I want to go down this street. And then as he's walking down the street, just slow down for a minute. Slow down for a minute. Who touched me? I've got a feeling he knew who touched him. I've got a feeling that he always knew that on his way, there was going to be another appointment. I wonder how many of appointments we walk past every day. We just don't realize this isn't an appointment. If you were to uh, hop online, and I wouldn't recommend you do it, or even hop on my Instagram later, you, you'll see a photo of, uh, of church last week. We did communion, and there's a couple in the minute uh, that are from India. And I walked into our, the shell, my Shell service station in my suburb about uh, five years ago, and as I walked in, the lady behind the counter, who I, to my knowledge, had never seen before, she goes, Pastor Shane. And so I'm like... Ah, and then I look at her name tag. Praise everyone should wear name tags. That's what I reckon. <laughs> Let's just take the prophetic right out. You know what I'm saying? It's like uh, Tina, and it's like her name Tina, and uh, and, and she's like she's talking to me, and, and and I asked her how she was doing, and I said Tina, I've got to ask a question. Are you an enjoyer, Tina? I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, Pastor Shane, we've been there. And then so I said Tina, how are you? How are you? And so she told me how she was. I'm not going to tell you what she said, but she told me how she was. I said, Tina, if I come around to visit you and your husband and we have a cup of tea together, do you think that would help? And she's like, ah. So we went and had a cup of tea. I've got to tell you, that couple came alive. Their marriage has come alive. Their family has come alive. I, was, I went to pay for my petrol. I wasn't going to have a connection with Tina. You know what I'm saying? I, was like, I didn't go in to meet Tina from, no, 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 no. I just wanted to pay for my petrol. But in the moment, God had another plan. God had another purpose. I wonder how many, yeah, you know what I'm saying now, don't you? you it's like, I wonder how many people we're passing in the street every day. Last night, man, I met a guy last night. Oh, my Lord, he had the grooviest name I've ever come across. What was it? Jack Stone. Jack, how many of you know, like, Jack Stone? You know what I'm saying? It's like Jack Reacher, and you got you got you got all those dudes, and it's like there's anyway, we won't, we won't go there. I like watching bad movies, you know. It's like, anyway, so but how many of you know Jack Stone sounds like everybody wants to be Jack Stone's friend? As in, last night we encountered Jack Stone. I said, Jack, why don't you come to church? We're gonna invite you to church. Jack's like, I'm not a church guy, and I'm like, neither am I, because I'm not. I'm a people guy. I'm a God guy. I'm not a, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I said, oh, just whatever. And so, but by the end, we went up and we invited them. And he said, I can't come tomorrow. Maybe next Sunday. And I'm like, yes. Because how many of you know, maybe that was a reason we went there. There's got to be a reason on what we were there other than great company and incredible food. But there's got to be a reason other than that. We're on mission. We're on purpose. We're reaching for the prize. We're reaching for the prize. That's exactly the point. So while he was on, on his way, there was a great work for him to do, and he was ready for it. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. 
just do it. Sometimes you just got to do it. Now, I know some of you are like, oh, I don't know that I could do any. You can do it. How many of you love your church? Give me a wave if you love your church. All right. If you're not comfortable and you're not confident to share the gospel, just tell them about church. Just tell them they've got a beautiful smile, even if they look like a rock. You know what I'm saying? Even if they look like a tree. Just look into the tree. We've got a location now in Hobart. They love trees in Hobart. You know what I'm saying? They can see the beauty in the tree. You might be talking to people and it's like, but just, just, just connect with them. And tell them about the great church you go to. Tell them about what it does in your life. Tell them about how you come in feeling lousy, but leave feeling fantastic. Whatever the case may be. But you'll find once you begin to share, you realize, actually, I can go a bit further. I can tell them about Jesus. I can tell them about what my life was. I can tell them about how Jesus transformed my life. Do it however you want. All right. So here, here we go. We're going to continue to press in. We're ready now for what God has got for us. I, I think most of us realize that we're not there yet. Not that I've already obtained it, I haven't got there. I think most of us would realize we're not there yet. And so we find ourselves here and we're believing to get there. We, we, we want to lay hold of that for which Christ has laid hold of us. But do we realize just how much we can accomplish on our way? On our way. I, I would never have dreamt. Like sometimes people ask us about enjoy church. Uh, the truth is when we started, we had 40 people, 40 something people on our first Sunday there. Now, now there are thousands, as you're aware. But, but I, I promise you, it wasn't a matter of here and there. It was a matter of every day, every day, every day. While we were on our way, we just continued to do what we knew to do. And some of it, to be honest, some of it surprised us in the moment. Some of us we weren't aware of. And we made the most of every opportunity. We spoke to everybody we could. We went out and we, we pursued people. We pursued the Filipinos. We pursued the Africans. We pursued different parts of our community. And now here we are and we're, we're doing what we're doing. But it didn't just happen there, then there. No, while we're on our way, we just continue to do everything God had for us. Now, just like Jesus, we're, we're, we're walking past, you and I, every day, we're walking past people in our community that are hemorrhaging, bleeding, that are sick, and are dying. Friends, you don't need any convincing, I don't think. I don't think Queensland's that different to Victoria when it comes to the state of humanity. You and I both know we live in a world that is sick and without hope. If you, if you need any convincing... When you go home, jump on your, your Google whatever and just do your own research. Look up, the, look up the statistics on domestic violence in Australia. Domestic abuse, incest, assault, sexual abuse, road rage, drug and alcohol abuse, gang violence, murder and alike. Not to mention suicide and attempted suicide. Now, I could pull out the stats because they're easy to get hold of, but you know as well as I do, I just need to pull out those titles and all of a sudden you all know yeah, we live in a, in a world that is sick and without hope. There is no doubt about that. But if you have Jesus, here's the thing. If you have Jesus, then you have the hope of the world. All right? Because that's the point, isn't it? Imagine if there was no Jesus and we had to read all that. Where would we go? Where would we look to? Who would we turn to? There's nowhere to go. But we have Jesus and you have Jesus. Matthew chapter 12, verse 21 says, And his name will be the hope of all the world. And his name, the name of Jesus. I don't know about you. I don't have anything else at Enjoy Church. We enjoy ourselves. We have a good time. But a good time without Jesus is a good time going nowhere. And they'll go right back to their hopeless lives in a hopeless world. 
But when people come into the church, when people come to downpour and they hear about the love of Christ and the transforming power of God, when they hear about the hope of the world, how many of you know, then they have an opportunity to connect with God and go home full of hope into a, into a world of hope that changes everything, changes everything. In Romans chapter 1, verse 16, it says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. No, 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 no. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for, for the salvation of everyone, everyone. Everyone who believes, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile, and for the person serving your table when you go to dinner. Everybody. We're in Bendigo about eight years ago when we started planning up there. I was up there at a 4 p.m. service. We went into the restaurant. This lady comes along, she's an African lady. She comes along and she says, hello, and hey, how you doing? And I said, hey, I've got to ask a question. She goes, what's that? I said, were you in church this morning? Now, we didn't even have church in the morning. <laughs> now, I know what you're thinking. You're like, well, that's deceptive. No, I'm going fishing. <laughs> well, you just need to go fishing. Just throw the bait into the water. See what happens. See what happens. I said, were you in church this morning? She goes, no, 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 no. I haven't been to church. And I'm like, really? And I'm like, you should. She goes, I know. I've been talking to my husband. We should go to church. Guess what? Next Sunday they're in church. That was eight years ago. They're still in church eight years later. Eight years later. Bang, no, 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 no. All I did. All I did. As in... When I used to be a carpenter, like our Lord and Saviour, and um, no, 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 it's true. No, yes, it's true. Yes, it's true. Every every Monday, we'd we'd sit down, have smoko, smoko. Got to love smoko. Just so you know, we don't smoke when you have smoko. Some new Australians think smoking's wrong. It's like no, smoko is a time where you sit and you have a cup of tea. You know what I'm saying? Have a sandwich, whatever. We'd sit down and. Every Sunday, without fail, we're going to ask everybody, every person we're sitting with, we're going to ask every one of them, so what did you do yesterday? Because we know, once they tell us what they do yesterday, they're going to ask us, what did you do yesterday? And guess what? We would tell them. We would tell them. We just go fishing, 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 fishing. I want to encourage you, let's be understanding that it's the gospel that is a power of the gospel is the power of God under salvation. We need to be people who continue to bring, share the gospel at every opportunity. So if you belong to Christ, you are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. You are God's choice to reach this world. You, each and every one of you. There is no plan B, plan C, plan D, only plan A. Jesus said, I will build my church. I will build my church. Can I encourage you down, Paul, while you're on your way? Because if you're coming in here, typically you're like I was. I remember when I came in the church 32 years ago, I had alcoholic poisoning. Uh, so you can imagine, I'd been, da, 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 I'd been having a bad, bad life. When I came to church, I needed God to transform me. It took a little while. It probably took a decade. <laughs> Three decades, whatever, you know what I'm saying? He's still at work. Can I encourage you, don't wait until you get your junk sorted out. You're on your way somewhere, and while you're on your way, God wants to connect you because now you are the light of the world. Now you are the salt of the earth. If you're not yet confident to preach the gospel, tell them your testimony. 
Tell them how good church is. Tell them your testimony. Tell them what God has done in your life while you're on your way. You wouldn't believe this. You wouldn't believe that. You wouldn't believe this. You wouldn't believe that. Just keep speaking it. Keep shooting it out everywhere. You know, I, I hope, I hope, I hope. I, I was down in Hobart uh, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. On Wednesday morning, I had a gentleman drive me for about an hour. He was a 70-year-old. Man, he was a nice guy. Nice guy. He could talk a lot, but he was a really nice guy. And so uh, every now and again, there'd just be a, a small moment. I'm like, Lord, I want to share your love with this guy simply because he is such a nice guy. He can't go into eternity not knowing you. It's like his heart for people, his heart to look, over the, uh, look after those who are sick, his heart to look after his family. I'm listening to him talk, talk, talk. And I'm like, I don't know whether you know Jesus or not, but you're going to know Jesus. So, so every now and again, there was just a little break. And I'd be like, oh, and just when I'm about to, oh, he'd start talking again. And I'm like, oh. I'd wait another 12 minutes and I was like, then he'd, he'd just, because like he could talk for 12 minutes without breathing in. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Sound like it's at the races or something, you know, or, or the auction. <laughs> but then he he'd go, and he'd suck it in, and I, I almost, and then he, <laughs> all right, I'm, uh, we get we get to where we've got to get to Launceston. We hop out the car, and his name's Trevor. I said, Trevor, can I ask you a personal question? He goes, for sure. I said, Trevor, I need to ask you about your faith. I've got to ask you. I said, man, you're a lovely guy. And he goes, and we're not here for a long time. That's what he said. And he told me about his faith. Long story short, he didn't really have faith in God. He believes sort of something, but he hasn't yet found Jesus. I just stopped for just a couple minutes and I shared the love of Jesus with him. And then I grabbed my golf bag and ran off down the road. And we went our separate ways. I don't know what's going to happen with Trevor, but I had to sow the seed. Chances are I'm never going to meet Trevor again. That's my moment. Sometimes people will think, well, what will people think of me if I do this? If people don't get it, they don't get it. And if people think you're a moron because you shared, they probably think you're a moron anyway. You know what I'm saying? So don't worry about what people think. Sometimes people are so concerned about what will people think of me? Who cares what people think of us? Typically, they're not the people that matter anyway. Why do we care so much about what people think? I said, I'm never going to see Trevor again. Trevor thinks Shane's a moron. I don't care. I don't care. But you know what? I could tell by the way Trevor was looking at me. He was listening. One moment could change the rest of his life. You say, what if it doesn't? Well, there's a seed there that God can use whenever He wants. In the meantime, we'll leave it between Him and God. We'll leave it between Him and God. So, if you belong to Christ, you are the hope of the world, you are the light of the world, the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world. You have the hope and the power of God for those who are hemorrhaging, bleeding, sick and dying. You have what they need, they're in desperate need of it. So while you're on your way to lay hold of that for which Christ laid hold of you, can I just ask you, are you beelining to where you wanna to get to? Or are you actually taking the time to reach for the prize? Are we walking through the fields, the harvest, the crowds, allowing those without hope to touch us? Now, but you might say, but they're hemorrhaging, they're bleeding, they're sick, they're dying. Maybe not all physically, but emotionally, spiritually, they're unclean, they're needy. And I would say, yeah, like we all were. We, we all were. 
I would say yes. And these are the people that Jesus came for. These, they, they are the actual reason that we are still here on earth. Because apart from them, there's nothing we can't do in heaven. We'll have fellowship in heaven. We'll worship in heaven. We'll probably preach better in heaven. Well, we're going to have a good time in heaven. But the thing that we can't do in heaven is win souls for Christ. Now, some of you are like, but I, but I haven't got all my stuff together. You don't need to have all your stuff together. While on your way, I just want to encourage you today, reach for the prize. Could it be, could it be, I'm just going to put it out there. Could it be that in reality, as we talk about the prize, could it be that these people that we're passing every day, that they're part of the prize that we're to reach for? Could it be that these people become the trophies of grace that all of heaven will rejoice over and we should be rejoicing over because of the joy of their salvation? Could it be that they are actually the prize that we're to be reaching for on the way? So while you're on your way, can I encourage you today? Slow down. Slow down. Just slow down. Don't be running all the time. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. All the time on achieving whatever you may be looking to achieve, your goals. I want my goal to be His goal. He came to seek and save the lost. So it doesn't matter what goals I might have. There's nothing greater than His goal. And His goal is to seek and save the lost. If I'm going to live for Him, I need to seek and save the lost. I need to be on mission while I'm on my way to the big plans and the big purposes and the big goals and the big... But there's nothing bigger than a person coming.